Our next retreat is finally here. It's called Adventures in Energetics, and it's happening November 8th to the 14th, 2024 in Boquete, Panama. This seven-day, six-night retreat in the beautiful cloud forest of Panama is going to be a unique experience. This program is a not-for-beginners retreat. And what I mean by that is you will actually have to fill out an application before you will be accepted to be able to register for the program because we are going to be doing more advanced level energetics and I need to make sure that everybody who comes is actually ready for the work. We will be doing a Kundalini awakening. We will be doing group visioning process called a spiritual canoe. We will be doing daily presence practices and working on expanding our energy. We will be doing daily rituals. This process will be related to specifically the people who are there because in addition to filling out the questionnaire about what your experience is, you're also gonna ask for what it is that you'd like to learn. So part of the curriculum for this is set and part of it will be designed around the desires of the participants. I only have 20 beds available for this retreat, so it will fill up quickly. So this is the time to register. Do not wait. To find out more, go to kellysparta.com forward slash retreat. I look forward to seeing you there. Another blood red sunset and yet another moon face and still another hundred miles to my next resting place. Driving down the road, eyes on the horizon, within my car I'm all Feeling good and feeling strong Knowing that this path I'm on brings me to myself I'm driving Hey now all, I'm Joey C. Welcome back to another episode of Spirit Chirpa. This is the show that helps and encourages you on your journey to unlock your magic mojo. With me as always is the spirit doctor, Kelly Sparta. Hey Kelly. Hey Joey. How's it going? It's going. Yeah, you look like you got something not just on your mind. On You look like you're ready to burst right now, Kelly. I'm a little pissed off. Oh, boy. <laughs> Time for Kelly rant, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. So, but before I rant, we should probably talk about what we're going to talk about. Yeah, let's let's let them know because this is it's coming at them, I think, I think hard and fast, as they say. Yeah. Well, yeah. and according to the list here, we're talking about purchasing magic. Yes. Okay. I want to talk to you guys about the the dangers of purchasing magic. And when I say purchasing magic, I'm not meaning, oh, I got this really cool wand or I got this really cool crystal or I got these things that are infused with yumminess or whatever, right? Yep. What I'm talking about is purchasing spell work from someone else. Okay. And spell work in the form of charms or grigri bags or voodoo dolls that are already charmed up. Mm -hmm. I, I need to really caution you. I think it's a very bad idea to purchase magic from others. Okay. And the reason for that is that you don't know who it is that you're purchasing it from. And one, whether they know what the hell they're doing. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, from recent experience, there's a lot that don't. And two, whether or not they're actually doing it to help you or whether they're just taking your money and taking advantage of you. 
and maybe giving you something useless or maybe giving you something that will damage you. Okay. So this is the cautionary tale, right? First off, it's it's almost impossible to know what you're getting, period. I mean, I'm, I'm way into this. I can read energy like no tomorrow. And I still can't tell you exactly what went into a spell or a charm that I'm looking at in my hand. I can tell you if it feels good or if it feels like it sucks, right. or if it feels dead, I can tell you those things. But I can't tell you every little intention and stuff that went into it. And so this brings me to the point of, what you have to work with is what they tell you they did to it, which is number one. And hopefully they would say the truth. Mm -hmm. I did this, I did that. But if you don't know enough about the mythology and you don't know enough about the magic and you don't know enough about the intention, then you still don't know if what you're getting is good. If you know enough mythology and you know enough about the intention and you know enough about the magic, freaking do it yourself, right? right? <laughs> you should not be paying somebody else to do it. And so, you know, this is kind of my point is, uh, you know, we've been talking about this all along is that magic can be dangerous. And, you know, it's not to be messed with. It is, I, it, it's, it's like electricity. You know, it's perfectly safe if you deal with it in the proper ways. And it is incredibly helpful and useful if you deal with it in the proper ways and you wear the proper tool, you have the proper tools for the job and you know how to shut it down and turn it on and connect things properly and not not cross connect the wires and, you know, make sure everything, all the junction boxes are right. If you know how to do that, electricity is amazing. Right. If you don't, it will freaking kill you. Right. In, in large enough quantities, you can kill yourself. Magic is not that different. It, it may not kill you directly, but with the intention set in, in different ways and badness and hooked into messed up stuff, it could do it indirectly. It's really not good. Right. So, you know, here's, here's the challenge that I see is that people get into this. They come in and they, they see Harry Potter or they see the craft. Oh my God, the craft. <laughs> uh, the craft children drive me crazy. I'm so glad that the movie is old. At least it's not, we're getting not as much of it. You know, they see all these TV shows and movies and they go, oh, I want to do that. That's really cool. And it's like, okay, sure. But they don't want to do the work right. to, to get there. And so, you know, we have this thing in the, in the U.S., we like, we like want to just take a magic pill and have it all be better, right? Yeah. Have it all work. And I was like, we, I want to be Neo in, in the Matrix and just wake up and just be able to do stuff. But even Neo couldn't just do stuff, right? right. Well, and we talked in previous episode about spiritual bypass. It sounds like this is a construct of almost magical bypass where people exactly. don't want to do the work. They just want to be there. They just want to have the results, right? right? So I'll just buy this spell or I'll buy this charm or I'll buy this poppet, right? Mm -hmm. And and I'll I'll have the other person do the work for me. Short of trying to clear a curse coming at you. Yeah. If you don't know what the hell you're doing and you've got a curse coming at you, you have no choice but to go to somebody else. But don't pay the person who told you you had a curse. Right. <laughs> right? Right. We 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 covered we, that. We right? have covered okay. that. Yeah. That's really the only thing I would ever hire somebody to do magic for me for because with a curse, you really, you're kind of stuck, right? Mm -hmm. Something's coming at you and you don't have any way to protect yourself. And so you, you kind of have to. Um, but if you've got somebody in, in place who's sending curses your way, you best go out and figure out how to defend yourself quickly. Right. Because that's going to get really expensive really quick because yeah. 
clear one curse, they're probably going to send you another one, right? Yep. If, if they're that pissed at you. So regardless, it's still go learn it. Back in the day, you used to have to go to mystery schools to learn this stuff. Okay. Doctor Strange is probably the best example of a mystery school, right? Mm-hmm. They, they literally made you ask three times. They would turn you away three times by default. They said no by default on the first round and the second round. And it wasn't until the third round that they'd even consider you because you had to really want it. Yeah. And nowadays people are like, ah, I want to be a shaman in a weekend and I want to be a witch in a weekend. And, and it's like, mm, doesn't work that way. Right. <laughs> Anybody who tells you it does is freaking lying to you. Yeah. So I want to give you a real world example <laughs> that caused me to, to do this episode for you. I went to a market and I spoke with a, a young man who was selling charm bags. Okay. And we had a discussion and he has this statue of Baphomet on his table, except it's not Baphomet. It's Satan. Okay. Right. It's so Baphomet, for those of you who don't know the mythology, Baphomet was an early version of the horned God. And that statue got morphed into what the Christian church turned into Satan. Okay. And so I start talking to him and he makes some references to Satanism. Evidently, this is something that's growing in popularity. Yeah. And I didn't realize it. I've, I've seen it online, like, I don't know, eight or 10 years ago, I saw it somewhere. I don't know how I ended up linking to it at one point, but I found it online back then. And, you know, the tenants, the last I saw, we're basically, you know, Lucifer, the light bringer says to be self-determining and whatever. And so, yeah, yeah okay, whatever. That's fine. I'm, I don't have any problem with that. But this kid is looking at me and saying, well, you know, I hear Wiccans all the time say that they don't believe in Satan, but Satan is in the mythology. And, you know, there is value to working with him. I'm like, no, Satan is not in the Wiccan mythology. And He's talking about the ancient Wicca brought over from the British Isles. I got news. There is no fucking ancient Wicca brought over from the British Isles. <laughs> it does not exist. Wicca, as we know it, did not exist prior to the Gardnerian practice, which okay. is like 1940s, 1950s. If you want to really push it back, you can go to the OTO and to Aleister Crowley, there's nothing freaking ancient about it. <laughs> Everybody who knew what the hell was going on with it back in the ancient times was killed. Unless somebody has it through their family lineage, it doesn't exist. Okay. And then he's saying that there's value in, in working with Satan because he's in the mythology. I'm like, no, he's in the freaking Christian mythology, which is not the Wiccan mythology, which is not the same thing. And when you tap into Christian mythology to do your work, you're inherently tapping into the morphic field of Satan that Christians have created as evil. Right. You're not tapping into Lucifer the Lightbringer. You're tapping into the Satan of Christianity, which is a morphic field that exists from the Christian construct. And nothing you do within that is going to undo the intense amount of intention and fear that has spawned this morphic field. You're not going to be able to separate the evil in, and bad intent from the field ever. Okay. It doesn't work that way. The field is what it is, and it's been created from this fear-based, you know, control-based construct. 
And so the idea that you can do something positive using the energy of this morphic field is flawed, inherently flawed. If what you're saying can be debunked with one Google search, you didn't bother looking it up. So he's selling these charm bags and he's got charms for love and charms for, you know, this and that and whatever, happy home and whatever. But one of the two of the charms he has are for love and lust. He has one for men and one for women. And one is made with succubus energy and one is made with incubus energy. And yes, exactly. I just watched your eyes go wide going, what the fuck? Yes, exactly. What the fuck? He's selling these as charm bags to help your love and lust life. So for those of you out there who don't know that succubuses and incubuses, what they are in mythology, let me fill you in. Succubuses and incubuses come to us in our sleep and they use sex as a way to steal our energy. And so they'll come to you in a dream, have sex with you in a dream and suck your energy and suck your, it's, it's actually not just your energy, it's your life force. And so the idea that you would try and create a charm using this energy that would help someone is absolute bullshit. Yeah. Whether he knows it or not, he's doing damage. And this is the challenge. And so this is when I get hot under the collar, right? Yeah. I'm like, do the slightest bit of research into the mythology behind the things that you're using before you use them. Well, and this goes back to our conversation about symbology as well, where, you know, you if you use the wrong symbols in, in the spells you're creating or the, the thing that you're creating, you could be completely opposite what you're expecting to do. Precisely. Yeah. Yeah. And some symbols have multiple meanings. Right. Which muddies the water even still. Depending right? on the the perspective you're coming from or the culture or mythology you're coming from. Exactly. Yeah. Which means that the morphic field of that symbol has multiple different aspects to it. Yeah. And you want to make sure that you're on the right facet. Okay. I have so many questions. Okay. <laughs> You've been going and I don't want to stop you. No, please. I have, I, I've, I've had my rant. I've had a couple questions come through. So let's jump back to the the whole start of the rant here and the, and the yeah. concept of what we're sitting with, which is purchasing magic. And, and you've laid out not necessarily a fan. No. With the exception of seeking help to protect yourself in the case of something like a curse, yep. are there other instances where – there is value to purchasing magic. There is value to going to a, maybe an elder or somebody who's more advanced in in their practice to be able to get things. For example, we've talked to folks on Spirit Tripa who that's part of what they provide yeah. is those sort of things. Is there value to going to an elder? Yeah, I should I should clarify because, you know, one of the things that happens as you start doing magic regularly, as you start to become more energetically aware and, and you know, as you run more energy, the lower astral is actually an overlay of the real world. Okay. And so we become brighter on the astral as we run more energy. And when we do that, things start showing up to suck off of our energy and sometimes just to say, hey, hi, yeah. who are you? You're what are delicious. you doing here? Right. I'm, I'm just curious. Yeah. Right. And so before you understand how to protect yourself, mm -hmm. paying for things like house clearings yep. or even letting somebody else ward your house for you before you 
know how to do it. Yep. I, mostly it's it's about protection. Yep. So, you know, I'm really not hip on having somebody do magic for you for anything other than like protection or, you know, for, you know, sometimes the simplest of things, you know, I mean, <laughs> I used to sell real estate years ago and anybody who sells real estate knows that there's this practice of burying St. Joseph upside down in the front yard. Yeah. If you can't get your house to sell yep. and that's supposed to sell your house faster and it freaking works. <laughs> I will tell you it freaking works. And you know, that is a, that's a spell, mm-hmm. right? It's a spell done by real estate agents and, and homeowners across the country. No one has a clue where it came from. Nobody knows how it got to be what it is. As far as I know, St. Joseph isn't even associated with homes, but somehow that's what it is. And getting a recommendation to do something like that and then going and doing it, it's, it's like, yeah, okay. You're, you're using the morphic field. That's high magic, actually. Okay. Oddly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All it is is digging a hole and sticking it upside down in the ground. But it's high magic because you're, you're using the energy of every person who's ever done it to fuel the, the intention. Okay. So, you know, things like that. I mean, when we go and get energy work, it's buying magic to right. a certain extent. Yeah. I mean, we keep having this conversation, right? It's mm-hmm. it's be careful who you buy from. Well, and that's what that's the point that right. I was going to make next yeah. was is it a matter of knowing who you're working with? I mean, meeting yeah. somebody for the first time at a table at a craft fair may not be the best place to to buy your magic. However, if it's, it's somebody not the best place to buy your magic, let's not say may. <laughs> I, I wasn't not. judging necessarily completely, but you you can Damn judge it. all you like, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but there is is something to be said for somebody who you worked with you've you've you understand where they're coming from how they work and incorporating their stuff into yours yeah. in that sense if you are working with someone mm-hmm. and you trust them yep and you know okay fine but i just there is this tendency and i'm going to say it again right if you're working with someone on a regular basis then you're actually doing the work Right. right. Yep. You're actually uh, investing in the process. And the problem is, is that that's not the people who get in trouble with this. Right. The people who get in trouble with this are the people who are brand new. And somebody tells them it's a good idea and they go, oh, okay. Yeah. And next thing they know, they don't know why they're sick as a dog. Yeah. This is the challenge, right? Yeah. You know, we're, we're what, what episode is this now? Seven, like, two. 72. We are 72 yes. episodes in. And, uh, you know, we started talking to beginners yeah. when we started. We were we were the beginner's guide. Yep. And that has changed. That has shifted as we've gone through because, you know, there's only so long we can talk at the beginner level because you guys start to actually learn shit as <laughs> you are evidenced of. Because <laughs> you were kind of like deer in the headlights when we started. And now you're like, hey, I've got these really relevant questions to ask. <laughs> like, okay, so we're there, right? Yeah. So as we get further along in this process, I, I I want to task you guys with looking out for the newbies. Mm-hmm. You know, you're all going to run into people who are new. You're all going to run into people who are in the bright, shiny phase. And you're all going to be talking to people who want things done for them or done to them because they don't know how to do it for themselves. It's not inappropriate when you're in a new environment to hand over power. your power to somebody who's a good guide, yeah. right? Your only job in that task is finding a good guide. right? And the challenge is they have no context from which to choose. And yep. that's been part of the reason why I put this podcast out in the first place. Mm-hmm. 
you know, if you see somebody who's in a position where they're about to do something like buy a spell from somebody and they don't have the slightest idea how to, to use it or what to do about it, then, you know, really think about, you yeah. know, help, help them out. Right. Well, and it goes to what we talked about eons ago when we did the episode on how to choose a spiritual practitioner. Um, you talked a lot about, you know, there's some onus on the person who's doing the purchasing to almost caveat emptor, if you will, in the sense oh, totally. of know, know who you are working with and what, what you're looking for in, in acknowledging that. There's, this also seems to be true here about a magical practitioner in the explicit sense of magic. Yeah. And, you know, there are some reputable vendors out there. Yep. You know, there's a whole line of candles that are like happy home and, you know, Lot, you know, a bunch of other stuff. And, you know, they're fine. Yeah. Are they actually doing anything? <laughs> Not a lot in my experience, which was why I'm like, yeah, they're fine. Yeah. You know? It's more the intention that you light them with that does it. Magic is what you make of it. Yep. And before you buy magic from somebody, I'm going to say don't, but before you do, because I know some people are going to regardless, uh, <laughs> but before you buy magic from somebody, Really ask yourself if you would place your life in their hands. Because that's what you're doing. Because that's kind of what you're doing. Because yeah. you don't know what the hell they've done to that piece of ma that, that magic. If the answer is yes, then buy the magic. Yep. If you trust them that level, buy the magic. And then ask them to teach you how to do it. Yeah. It's just being in this community here with so many people who don't know what they're getting into. <laughs> I am more and more aware of the dangers associated with it. Mm -hmm. And I just want you guys to, to help me look out for the little guy. Yep. Okay. This has been cool. And I have other questions, but we'll talk about it off the air. Maybe they could be an episode because you started talking about Satan and Lucifer and the mythology. And I think there's some, we could have spent a little bit of time on that because I had some stuff bounce around, but let's talk about that. Maybe we can make another episode out of that at some point. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> You're really trying to get me in trouble down here in the Bible Belt, aren't you? Well, no, what I think it is, is, is a lot of people automatically equate angelic mythology to Christian mythology. And and I don't know that that's always 100% uh, what everybody's doing. So I think it would be interesting to, to talk about whether that it should be what everybody's doing. Is angelic mythology always Christian mythology or is it its own thing? Is there a story behind the, the angels, which is not necessarily Christian in its origin, but has been adopted by Christianity? Yeah, we may have to bring Carolyn onto that one. She's got the Enochian background yeah. for that. There might, there might be some interesting stuff to talk about there. <laughs> I think Carolyn would probably be a good one to bring on and have her talk about the Enochian side of it, because all angelic work goes back to Enochian magic. So oh. there's, and I do believe that that predates Christianity, yeah. but uh, that has not been one of my places of study which is why i have friends that i can call and say hey what's this right? yep. and we, we would always love to have carolyn back here and yes. hanging out with us so that would be something cool all right well then that is all that we're going to talk about today except for the fact happy birthday kelly happy belated birthday thank you <laughs> and i put it out that i wanted forty thousand downloads yes and we got thirty thousand. okay okay so we grew the podcast in three months by 50%. Yeah. So that is stunning. Yes. And amazing. And I want to say thank you for that. And I want to talk to you guys about manifesting 
and how this relates to that. Okay. That's going to be our next, next episode. Fantastic. Okay. All right. Perfect. Perfect timing for all of it. All right, folks, that is all that we have for this week, but be sure to join us next time as Kelly adds another chapter into your guide to energy, magic, and the spirit world. I'm Joey C. here with Kelly Sparta, and you have been listening to Spirit Trippa. So long, everyone. Bye. Spirit Trippa is the sole property of Kelly Sparta Enterprises and is distributed under Creative Commons BY-NC-ND 4.0 license. For more information about this licensing, please go to creativecommons.org. Any requests for deviations to this licensing should be sent to K-E-L-L-E at K-E-L-L-E-S-P-A-R-T-A dot com. That's Kelly at KellySparta.com. To sign up or to get more information on the programs, offerings, and services referenced in this episode, please go to KellySparta.com. This episode of Spirit Trippa has been produced by Honu Voice Productions. And my love and my life and me. Are you waking up to the spiritual world and realizing that you have no idea what you're doing, but you feel like you kind of probably should, especially since you seem to be seeing things and feeling things and having things see you that maybe aren't so great and that you might want to actually control your experience of that. Well, I have great news for you because our Welcome to the Woo program does just that for you. It teaches you how to hold your energy field, manage your energy field, clear your energy field, protect your energy field, and learn how to protect your space. And you learn how to do basic divination and talk to your guides so that you feel like you actually have a clue and have a way to talk to the guides that will help you to figure everything else out. And it teaches you how to make sure that you feel mentally, emotionally, and energetically safe. That means that we also deal with things like fear and anxiety and worry and dread and self-doubt and inner and outer judgments. And we help you build a foundation of self-support and courage. All of these things together create a solid sense of safety in your own life. They will reduce your stress levels in half guaranteed. So visit the website at kellysparta.com and find out more about the Welcome to the Woo program. Your future awaits.